We're going to jump right to the word of the Lord. If you would turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We'll read verses 13 and 14. And then James chapter 4. We'll read verses 1 through 3. John 14 verse 13 says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. What a promise. That whatsoever, whatever it is, whatever we ask in his name, he said, that will I do. And then he said, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. James chapter 4 verse 1 says, from whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence? Even of your lust that war in your members, ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because ye ask not. And ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your less. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject, praying for my elephant. Praying for my elephant. You may be seated tonight. I want to start off tonight declaring that I am not here to preach the, uh, how do we say it, the name it, claim it, blab it and grab it message. However, I do want to ask tonight if if we think that we have put a disdain on that thought and we are scared to tell someone to claim it. We're scared to tell anybody to claim the promises of God and fear that somebody may declare that we are that name it, claim it, and blab it and grab it gospel. It seems as though people have created a rule book based on their personal preference of how we are to pray, and instead of going to the book that shows us how to pray. We have everybody who has their own opinion that says, well, you don't need to be praying like that. You don't need to pray and ask God for all that stuff, and you don't need to bother God with all of that. And even his own disciples would tell the people, don't, don't, don't get loud around the master. Be quiet when you're around the master. People don't like you claiming things and and getting things and you you can't help it you give one person that and then the other one wants it and the other one wants it and i see it in my own house one of my boys gets a hold of something and in in a matter of seconds the other one wants it but it seems as though people have created this idea that we cannot claim things that we cannot ask god for things and we just read in our text tonight two familiar passages that, boy, we like to say and we like to quote and believe and we read it all the time. And it says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, glory, we feel it already. 
that will I do. And we like to shout and rejoice over that part. But he goes on to say that the Father may be glorified. It's not just so that he does whatever we want him to do. It's not so that he grants us our three wishes. It is that he does something for us that we ask so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And again, he tells them, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. It is not that everything that is prayed is answered Rather, every prayer that is prayed in his name. There's a difference of just praying a prayer and believing that God's going to do it. And then there's a prayer that you pray in Jesus' name, believing and claiming that he's going to do it. And that is where God likes to operate. The test of of any prayer is, can I make this prayer in the name of Jesus? We cannot pray, unfortunately, for personal revenge in Jesus' name. Boy, my neighbor did me wrong. God, I I wish that you would give me authority to blast them to Timbuktu in Jesus' name. It's the wrong motive. It's the wrong heart. When we're driving on the freeway and we're stuck in traffic and we, in Jesus' name, let all these cars clear out of my way. I've got somewhere to be. It's the wrong heart and motive behind your prayer. So just because you're saying it in Jesus' name, it's not necessarily bringing glory to Him. So you're still doing it the wrong way. The prayer based on self cannot expect to have results. It is the prayer that ends with thy will be done that will have an answer. If the prayer you are praying is not intended to glorify the Father, then perhaps you should change the way that you are praying. When you ask for the right reason and not just for personal gain, your chances of having a prayer answered just went up. Then there is this wonderful truth written in James. Ye have not because you ask not. Again, one we like to quote and claim and believe that the only reason I don't have it is because I'm not saying it. So I'm going to start saying it so I can have it. And we read this and immediately we create a list of reasons we have not asked. Well, if I have not because I have not asked. Well, God, this is why I haven't asked. I haven't asked because, you know, I I just think that what what. What I want you to do is, is very small compared to what somebody else may be going through. Or perhaps we're on the other side of the spectrum and we say, God, this, this thing that I've got, it's just so big and so, so massive in my life that I, I don't want to trouble you with it. I, I don't want you involved in my mess that I've created and I don't want to have to bring that to you. And, and so God, that's why I have not asked is because all of this stuff is going on in my life and I just, I don't want to get you in the middle of it. And we create a list of reasons why we have not asked to defend ourselves. We defend our silence. We act like we are doing God a favor by not asking him. But when we realize that he gets the glory when he answers a prayer, are we really doing him a favor by not asking him? 
Are we limiting God and what he can do because we're just keeping our mouth closed and not saying anything and requesting anything and going about our life just trying to be the tough guy and trying to fight through it when God's saying, I want you to ask me to help you. I want you to ask me to heal you. I want you to ask me to deliver you so that when I do it, I will be given glory. That people around will say, I saw that you were sick the other day. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. I went to God in prayer and I began to pray and I began to ask God. And when I asked God, he began to move on my life. And all of a sudden the fever broke. All of a sudden I started feeling better. And the people get excited and saying, well, to God be the glory. To God be, it wasn't the doctors, it wasn't anything else. It was that I went to God and I just asked. When we realize He gets the glory, things change. Or are we robbing Him of an opportunity to showcase His ability and to create yet another avenue for you to have a testimony to share with someone else? We have two ends of the spectrum here. We have some that do not pray. And they say, well, God, it's just, it's too small. This thing that I, I'm dealing with right now, it's, it's minute. You're not, you don't care about this. You've got bigger fish to fry. You've got bigger things to worry about than, than my little issue that I've got going on at work. God, you don't care to hear about all of that. You don't want to hear me talk to you about that. And then we've got the people that come and they say, well, God, I, I've got some things to pray about, but I, I just really feel that what I have is, is too big. It's just a lot going on and the doctors can't help me and the lawyers can't help me and nobody knows what to do. And I've talked to my mom and dad. I've talked to my family and I've talked to my friends and they just they all kind of feel hopeless for me. And they all just kind of shake their head and say, well, I I don't know what to tell you. So, God, I, I appreciate it. But, Lord, this this is a really big deal. There is the really shallow and then there are those that are really deep. But first Peter five verses six and seven in the NLT says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all of your worries and cares to God. All of them. You mean the ones that are really small that I think nobody cares about? Yes, that's the ones that he's talking about. You mean the really big worries and frustration going on in my life that's caused me to go to bed every night in tears because I don't have the answer? I don't know what I'm going to do? Yes, that's what he's talking about. I want you to give all of them, the little and the great. I want you to come and bring them all to God. Why would I do that? Why would I bother God with all all of that. You want to know why? Because he cares about you. He cares about you. That's why you bring the little and the big to God, because he cares. But you see, people have ruined us because we vent to people. And sometimes people tell us, well, you just need to grow up. You just need to suck it up, buttercup. You just need to keep fighting through it. You need to be tough. You need to just have faith. That's easy to say until you're in it. And then when you're in it, things are a little different. 
But when you know that you can take everything to God, great and small, because he cares for you. What a promise and a privilege we have to know that any time I talk to God, I can tell him about the great big things in my life and I can tell him the smallest details. I've prayed for puppy dogs. I've prayed for little bobos on babies that really at the end of the day were not that big a deal. I've prayed for things in people's lives that, that they knew they were doing something stupid, but they still wanted me to pray about them with this stupid decision that they're currently making you pray for all kinds of things but god says i want you to know i I care about all of it because i care about you philippians 4 and 6 in the nlt says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything i love that don't worry about anything instead pray about Everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Something it did not take me long to figure out in this life is that if it mattered to me, it mattered to God. That the things in my life that I thought really were not that big of a deal, God would somehow show me in that that He did care for me and that He did love me. But we, we tell people, don't, don't take that to God in prayer. Our, our word tells us a very different story. His word says a very different story. He said, give all of your worries and cares to God and pray about everything. And if we would pray about everything, every decision we made, every day we would wake up and before we walked out the door, we would just say, hold on, before I step foot out on my front porch, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to have a word with the Lord. And if we would spend about 10 minutes before we walk out the door, your attitude driving down that busy highway might be a little different. But we get in such a rush and hurry and we're fighting mad and we're angry. We're God, why'd you let this happen? But if we would take the time to really pray about everything, what a difference our world would be. What kind of father would he be if he heard the sincere cries of his children and he said, oh, quit your whining. Oh, I'm not listening to all that. Go in there and and tough it up. But that's not how he is at all. He says, I want to hear all of your cares and all of your worries. Now you hear me tonight, I have three little ones. And I can tell you there is a difference in a whine and a cry. Sometimes we get upset because God is not responding to us saying the things that we say. And we're, we we come in here and we just, boy, we're like a dump truck backing up to a landfill. And just, oh God, here's all my problems. Here's all my worries. Here's all my cares. Your word said to cast all my cares on you. Here they are, Lord. And we just dump everything that we've got. And then we're, we're sitting there moaning and complaining and saying, God, you said in Psalms 18 that, that you heard my cry from your temple. Why don't you respond to me? But I believe there are times that if we are going to be really honest, we spend a whole lot more time whining to God than we do crying out to God. There's been so many moments that I, I would come in and I, in prayer, 
you know, we call it prayer. And it was really about 45 minutes of me having a pity party. And me just, oh God, why have you forsaken me? God, why do I feel alone? Why do I feel lost? God, why does nobody like me? Why is everything in my house breaking? Why is the flood going on? Why is this happening? And we just want to complain and whine. And then God doesn't respond the way that we thought he would. And so we're upset with God. But I can promise you there have been moments where I came in and I was desperate. And it wasn't complaining. It wasn't moaning and whining and venting to God. But it was that moment where it was a cry from my soul. God, I have got to have you and I've got to have you now. I need you to move in this situation. I need you to move on my life. And in those moments, he heard my cry from his temple. And he did come down and meet with me. And he did come down and help me because he knows the difference when you're just complaining. And when you're crying out for help, when you're crying in desperation and he wants to move when he hears you cry. In home, I can hear one of the boys in the other room whining and I try not to pay it too much attention. But if I hear a cry, you better believe that I will do anything I can to get in there as fast as I can and see what's going on because there is a difference it would behoove all of us tonight to do as the word said and pray about everything. We would save ourselves a lot of trouble and heartache and fights and anger issues. He told his disciples when he went to go pray in the garden, he said, could you not watch and pray with me for one hour? Come on, let's pray so you don't fall into temptation Prayer will keep you from a lot of things. Prayer will make a lot of things right. The old song says, just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. It's the truth. There's been moments where in your flesh, you're, oh God, I wish you just give me five minutes to deal with them and it'd be done. Just let me get all their dirty laundry and put it on Facebook and we'd end this real quick. But then you go and pray about it. And say, hold on, God, before I do this, we need to have a little talk. I know what sister so-and-so did, and I'm about to tell everybody in the world what she did, because it ain't right. But before I do that, God, what, what do you think? And I can guarantee you, you'd get a heart check really quick, and you'd close your computer, put your phone away, and you'd say, you know what, I, I better not do that. And there have been moments in my life where I've been so frustrated and saying, God, if you would just let me deal with it, if you would let me say something, we could handle this today. Today. But you say, you know what, I'm going to step back and I'm, I'm going to pray about this before I do it. And God will either give you the right words to say or he'll tell you to sit down and say nothing at all, which is usually the case. And most of the time when you do that, what could have taken years to repair had you done it, the very next service you come into the presence of God and that thing that you were so worked up about got worked out in a matter of moments at an altar. Because God knows how to handle his business. It would behoove all of us to start out our days praying. We would save ourselves a lot of these issues if we would just pray. 
You can read all the books on prayer that you want. You can hear your friends talk about prayer. You can be on prayer chains on social media. But if you're not praying, what good is your prayer book? David, though his men were probably capable most of the time, would still ask God, God, shall I go up and fight them? Shall I pursue them? God, shall I do this? In 1 Samuel 30 and 8, David asked God, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? The Lord answered him and said, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Later on in verse 18 and 19, it says, And David recovered all. And there was nothing, say nothing, there was nothing lacking them, neither small nor great, sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. You mean the really small things that we've been talking about that God has no business with and he doesn't care about? Yes, even those small things. David said, if God told me I can have it all, then I'm going to claim it and I'm going to take it all. I'm not leaving anything behind. I want the smallest and I want the greatest. I want the sons and I want the daughters. I want it all. In 2 Samuel 5 and 19, David asked God, shall I go up? God says, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. You see, it helps to pray and talk with God. It helps to commune with Him, and He'll give you the plan. He'll tell you what to do and what not to do to help you along the way if you would only open your mouth and talk to Him and ask Him whether somebody thinks it's silly or not. Just go ahead and ask God anyways. He wants to help you. He wants to work you through the process. Verse 23, David asked the Lord another time. This time God says, thou shalt not go up. So what did David do? David listened to God and he did not go up. And once again, God gave them the victory because David was communing with God and talking with God before he made his next step. And because of that, things were going his way. So you see, it helps to pray about everything. David, this man named David that we're bragging about here. Now pump the brakes a little bit. He would have done himself a great favor if he would have continued to live out this theme in his life. For just a few chapters later, I do not see David inquiring of the Lord about Bathsheba. I do not see David saying, now God, uh, I want to ask you something. God, do you think that I should look at this other man's wife? And do you think that I should have somebody go over there to her and tell her that I'd like for her to come into my house and let me lie with her? I don't see David asking God that. I don't see him talking with God about that. And it would have done him well to talk to God about that. It would have saved him and his family a lot of heartache and trouble had he talked to God before he made this decision. 
But he doesn't say any of that. But sometimes we don't pray about things because deep down we already know the answer. We already know that God frowns upon it. We already know. Well, brother, is this a heaven or hell issue? Well, I'm going to ask God if he thinks this is a heaven or hell issue or not. We, we say the things like that, but we don't dare pray because we don't really want to hear the answer. We don't really want God to say, I really don't think that that's a good idea. Because our mind has already been made up. And I know that if I ask God and he does tell me something that I think that I, then I'm going to feel double guilty. Because I've heard it from him. But David felt horrible when he realized all that had gone on. And, the you know, we say, you're the man. And we get excited. Yeah, I'm the man. But that day when he heard, you're the man, it was not a good thing. But he would have done well to have prayed about everything. Now, God, I'm supposed to be at war today, but I stayed home. And before I get myself in trouble, I need to talk to you about something. This is what's going on right now, and and I just need some guidance, and I need some advice on how to handle this situation. Should I go up, and should I peek out my window? No, thou shalt not go up and peek out thy window. That's what God would have said. But David did not ask. But what if David, in all of this, I wondered what would happen... The outcome had David not prayed in the beginning in 1 Samuel 30. What if David would have been content with what he had that had been taken away from him? What if he was content and said, well, we'll figure things out. I know we lost a lot of little things and we lost some big things and we lost some sons and daughters, but we'll just go ahead and accept our loss and just just keep moving forward and, and we'll build from here. But God said... Without fail, you are going to recover all. I want you to notice he did not say you're going to recover it all. Because there was more at stake than just things. And he did not say you shall recover them all. Because there was more at stake than just people. But he said you shall recover all. Everything, every person, every promise, every piece of land, everything that God gave you, it is yours. I'm telling you to claim it and take it. I'm telling you that you are going to recover it all. All the things, all of the sons, all the daughters, all the spoil, all of the small and all of the great. A-L-L, all. If you were to travel tonight to Scottsboro, Alabama, does anybody ever been there? Scottsboro, Alabama is a town of around 15,000 people. It's a great metroplex there. You would find a store called Unclaimed Baggage. It takes up a city block. This store is full of, you guessed it, People's unclaimed baggage from the airport. 
things that belong to someone else. It was their clothes, their money, their iPads, iPods, iPhones, watches, jewelry, instruments, cameras, you name it. Of things that people got to where they were going and thought, you know what, I can live without that. I can go on without that. I can go to another place and I I don't really need all of those things anymore. So they take all of this unclaimed baggage from all of the airports in the United States and send to Scottsboro, Alabama, where they have a massive facility of people's unclaimed things that they are now selling to other people. And now there are people enjoying things that belong to someone else. Because they didn't take the time to go recover it. They didn't take the time to say, you know what, they called me today and said they found my suitcase. I've got to go get it. No, they said, you know, we can go on a few more days without it. We we really don't need all of that. We don't need all of those things. What a tragedy for somebody else to get to enjoy what is mine. What a tragedy for some other army to be enjoying the spoils that were meant to be mine. They're, they're, they're living with my sons and my daughters out there in the world. And it should not be that way because God gave me a promise that they would be here. God gave me a promise that they were mine and that I could recover it. And it would be a shame if God promised you, you could have your sons back and your daughters back, but you came to church and you said, well, at least I'm saved. At least I'm okay. And at least I have all the things that I I feel like I need, but I, I really don't need all of that anymore. It would be a shame to go about life in this way, but there are people in the natural that do this, and unfortunately, there are people in the spiritual that do it as well. What a tragedy it is that there are things that belong to us that someone else have because I never claimed it, because I never inquired of the Lord, because I was not concerned with recovering all. I wish there would be some proclaimers in the house tonight. I'm not talking about someone who stands up and says something really loud. I am talking about becoming a pro-claimer. Pro meaning a professional. Claimer being someone who claims things. I pray that we would become pro-claimers, that we would be good at claiming things, that we would come into the house of God and say, I'm not here to preach this name it, claim it, blab it and grab it, but if God said it's mine, then I'm claiming it. If God promised me my family, then I'm claiming it. If God promised me the great and the small, and he told me I could recover it again, I'm claiming it. I'm going to become a pro at claiming it. I'm going to pray it in the morning. I'm going to pray it in the evening. I'm going to pray it before I lay my head down at night. I'm going to proclaim these things that God spoke to me and he said, if you want it, it's yours. All you have to do is ask. If it belongs to you, take hold of it. Become accustomed to claiming it. I'm not here tonight preaching prosperity gospel. I'm talking about things that belong to you that are much more valuable than money. Recover all things that God has promised you recover it things that ultimately are going to bring him glory recover it claim it. 
Pray for that impossible thing. Believe God for the impossible. Pray for your elephant. We like to say you have not because you ask not. But this does not simply mean that just because you ask that proof it is done. Because in James 4 and 3 it says you ask and receive not because you ask amiss or evilly. We ask so it brings us glory. We ask so it gives us more money. We ask so we get the spouse we want. We ask so we get the car we want. And that is the wrong motive. We want the elephant just to show off the elephant. We like to quote Psalms 37 and 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. We love that part. We love telling, oh, he knows my heart. He, Lord, you know what I want. God, you saw that dress the other day. You saw that, that motorcycle, that car. You saw that that I wanted so badly. You know my heart. You said in your word you'd give me the desires of my heart. Somehow we interpret that to mean that God will give me whatever I want just because I declared for a moment that I loved him. Or that I'm a Christian or I'm a believer. But the key here is in those first few words. Delight thyself also in the Lord. But we don't delight in God so that he will give us what we want because then our motives are wrong. But when we delight in him first, no strings attached, but we delight in him first. None of this, God, I I, I will do this if you do that. But God, I just simply love you just because. God, I, I, I just want to delight in you. I just want to spend time with you. When we delight in him, then the desires of our heart change. And then God can give us the desires of our heart because they match his desires. We stymie people from praying for things because we feel we are so blessed already. You don't need to ask God for that. You've already got enough. To pray to God for anything that we should be ashamed because he has already given so much. When the reality is, we may be missing something because we are not asking. We also tend to immediately think of asking and claiming things as dollar signs when we bring up asking and claiming. But that is not the case at all. God's blessings are more than money and things. He said it's all. It's all that belongs to you. It's everything that God has promised. It's all the land, all the promises, all the sons and daughters, all the spoils, everything that belongs to you. God wants you to have it. There was a man who he and his wife had created a list of things they wanted God to do in their lives. Months had gone by and they felt like nothing was happening and nothing was changing. They kept praying and things would come up and something else would happen and they'd have something else to begin praying about. And they were just frustrated and tired and weary. You ever been there? Seemed like everything you prayed, nothing was changing. And one night in prayer, she prayed and she was so upset with God and, and she was saying, God, do you not care about me? Do you not love me? I've been praying all of these things. What's going on? And God whispered, do you not remember what you prayed for? Do you not remember your list? She quickly ran to her drawer beside her bed that she opened up and pulled out the list. 
she began to read this list. And as she began to read over this list, she realized in his own timing had done a work and had answered every one of her prayers on her list. She began to cry and ran and took it to her husband and handed it over to him. And he began to weep because he realized when he saw her list, her prayers had been answered. But through life, new things had come up and new prayers had been prayed that they had forgotten the things that they had prayed for months before. But God in his own timing had answered every one of them. This same man who recently had started working for a church heard the term being bounced around this church. Pray for your elephant. Pray for your elephant. He quickly realized what they were talking about. They meant pray that big, absurd prayer that you and everyone else thinks is impossible. Pray for that thing that you think just is so difficult. Pray for that. But this church wanted people to pray for the miraculous, the borderline, insane, stepping out of the boat type faith prayers. After a few weeks of hearing this, he and another man joined for prayer one Thursday morning. When they prayed over some things, this young guy thought they were finished and proceeded to leave when the other man that was there hollered out, Wait! You forgot to pray for your elephant! The new guy was a youth pastor at the time and said, okay, okay, God, here I am praying for my elephant, literally, because he had just saw an advertisement that you could have an actual elephant brought to your facility for rides and pictures for $2,500. He thought, man, if I could pull this off, would I be a hit with the young people or what? I would go down in their history books as a hero. But small church, small budget, big elephant, big price meant big impossibility. Four years later, this man had taken 38 young people for a missions trip in Thailand. This was going to be his last event with the youth group. He had given two weeks notice the week prior to the trip. He felt like God was calling him to transition elsewhere. He said, but as I was praying this and asking God for direction, I wondered, was I doing the right thing? I felt like I was abandoning everyone and I had prayed for a sign. On the final night of the trip, he laid on the marble floor in the church. It was around midnight and everyone had quieted down for bed when all of the sudden one of the students broke the silence. There's an elephant in the courtyard. Again, he said, there's an elephant in the courtyard. He said, of course, we all jumped up and rushed outside. And there in all of its glory stood a living, breathing elephant. I remember walking up to the elephant, forgetting my prayer from four years ago because I had always brushed it off as a joke. But as I reached out my hand and that elephant lifted his trunk and allowed me to touch it, the very moment I did, God spoke another word into my mind and said, there is your elephant. God never forgets 
a prayer. He said, I thought in that moment that not only was this a sign, but a reminder to always pray for an elephant. Always pray for that thing that people may mock you for. Always pray for that thing that may seem too difficult and hard. Always pray for that cancer. Always pray for that sick person. Always pray for that lost son and that lost daughter. Always pray. Well, well, it's so large. It seems like they're so far. It, it seems like it's too far gone. Always pray for your elephant. Always pray for that thing that is so great and so large that you think that, that, that nobody can move on it because God knows. And in His own timing and His own way, He's going to bring it back up and remind you and show you that He cares and He's listening if you'll be bold enough to pray that prayer. Let's all stand. A couple of months ago, earlier this year, January, February, maybe. I found myself in here at Saturday night prayer meeting and I was having one of those pity parties I was talking about earlier. You know, we have all the answers, right? We know the right things to say to people when they're discouraged and we know the right way to go about things and because we're professionals. We're not proclaimers, we're pro other things. And it doesn't matter how many times you've told somebody else to do this, it hasn't, doesn't matter how many times you've lived it and you've spoken it to somebody and you've preached it and you've taught it. But I found myself in here praying and I, I said these words to God. I said, God, I already know what you're gonna say. I already know the answer. I know I say it all the time and I tell other people and and we preach it and we teach it. I know, I know. But for myself, I've just got to go out and say it so I feel better. And I prayed and I just began to weep and I said, God, do you see me? God, do you even hear my prayer? I know the answer. I know the correct answer because we say it all the time. We preach it. We live it. He knows all things. He's right there. He sees you when you're under the fig tree. Yeah, we get that. You ever been in those moments where you just, God, do you hear me? God, do you see where I am? Do you see the hurt? Do you see my frustration? Because I feel like you don't. And just like he spoke to this woman, God said, do you not see all of these prayers over the last few months that I have answered? And he began to lay them out. And I mean, I'm sitting there like, oh, yes, sir. I I see it. I see it now. And God said, but because I'm not answering this prayer, you think I'm not listening. Because I haven't moved on this in your timing and in your ways, you think that I've forgotten. But I've answered this. I did this for you. I worked out this miracle. I did this. I did that. And you begin to, you, you feel this big and you're, oh God. Yes, yes, Lord. Can I be honest and candid with you for a moment? That was Saturday night prayer meeting. And in that, you think, man, God just whipped him into shape on Saturday night. He woke up with a new song Sunday morning. 
But that Sunday morning, I woke up still with that heartache. God, do you hear me? Do you see me? Are, are, are the things that I'm saying, is it even registering? Or am I just in a really bad place? What's going on? My wife and I are driving through Shipley's. It's our normal Sunday morning routine. And Remington's in the back seat. And he, we hadn't even ever talked about this. I didn't even know he knew what it was. But on the window, they had an advertisement for the monster trucks that were coming to Houston. And he said, Daddy, I really want to go to those monster car things with you one day. That's going to be my prayer request in Sunday school today. I'm like, okay, Bubba, you you go ahead and pray. Pray for that elephant. Go ahead and pray for it. We just kind of laughed it off and thought how cute it was. And we hear him in the back seat. Jesus, I want to go to that monster truck thing with my daddy so bad. And I'm chuckling and, and I'm like, okay, God, I've got to get tickets for this thing to make this guy's day. We showed up to church and my wife took the boys upstairs to Sunday school class. And she walked the back doors of the church a few weeks ago. And Sister Sanders walks up to Sarah and she said, Sarah... I don't know if this would interest your husband or not. But Friday, I was at the eye doctor and they were offering free monster truck tickets. And I I don't even know why, but I put Landon and Remington's name down and I got them two tickets to monster trucks. And when I, I heard all this, obviously I was so moved and thought, God... Even the smallest prayers. It was just that quick reminder. I hear you. I'm involved. I'm working. I see you. Go ahead and pray those prayers. Let mom and dad chuckle in the front seat. That's okay. You go ahead and pray those prayers and believe. You go ahead and pray for your son and your daughter that everyone else thinks is lost and is never coming back to God. You go ahead and believe God for that impossible. You go ahead and claim that thing that God gave you. And you say, I'm, I'm praying for it. I know it's massive. I know I may never see it. I know it's probably silly to some, but it matters to me. And because it matters to me, it matters to him. Tonight, right where you are, I want you to close your eyes and lift your hands and right now in this moment, I want you to begin to pray that big and bold prayer that scares you, that you're scared of even praying. I know there's no music and we're not going to do altar call, but right where you're at, I want you to begin to pray. God, you see each and every need in this place. God, you see those things that are ours. God, that you told us that if we would ask it in your name and it would bring you glory, God, that it would be ours. God, there are things that belong to us that are not here tonight. God, and whether we have left it behind or it was lost or it walked away, whatever it may be. God, tonight, Lord, God, we call out to you. God, asking you before we make a move. God, we pray that big and bold prayer. God, can we have it? God, we pray for that thing tonight that others may mock. God, we pray for that thing that others may ridicule us for. God, we pray that big and bold prayer. God, we want our sons and daughters back. 
We want the little things back. We want the big things back, God. Lord, you care about them because you care about us. God, and what moves me to tears moves you to tears. God, what hurts my heart hurts your heart. God, the prayers I've prayed for my babies. God, that hurts so bad. God, they hurt you too. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would reach for them. God, let us be bold. God, let us claim it tonight. God, and not just claim it, but let us claim it all in Jesus' name. That it would bring you glory. That they would come back, Lord, and come back on fire for you. That they would come back with a testimony. And they would be a witness. God, we pray for those little things that we lost. God, we pray for those big things that were lost. God, we pray for our joy. We want joy back. We want peace back. We want comfort back. God, we want to recover all tonight. God, let us be bold. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Pray those big, bold prayers. I pray that you would not be so caught up in the elephant that was up here behind me most of the night, but that you would get the gist of the message that pray those big, bold prayers and believe that God is able. He does see. He does hear. He knows right where you are and he is moving. Amen. Love somebody tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of God. Please remember announcements, even the dreaded one about springing forward. Amen. God bless you. Love somebody. You're dismissed tonight.